What's up, Divi Nation? Welcome to this week's episode of Divi Chat. We are on episode number 206. I'm excited to be here. We got a fun topic, something that affects no matter what you're doing, where you're at online. We're going to have images everywhere. They're such an important part of every website. We're going to help you figure out how to do the best job at optimizing them for the best possible user experience and speed of your site. Before we dive into our topic today, how about I introduce you to my friends? Uh, Sarah, why don't you say hello to the peoples? Hey guys, Sarah Oates here from Endure Web Studios coming to you from Australia. It is currently 7.06 a.m. I thought we were the seven after podcast. What are we doing? Sorry, we're a minute early. early. <laughs> uh, you can catch me at endure.com.au or endure web on the socials. Can you tell Sarah's had coffee today? Making I've had jokes. Have a coffee. Whoa, Mr. Streifler. Hey everybody, Tim Streifler here, broadcasting from San Clemente, California, and you can find me online at divilife.com, where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials, and uh, wpgears.com, where I have the soon-to-relaunch uh, WP the Podcast with David Blackman. We've been off for almost a year, and we're Ugh. close to relaunch. Sometimes relaunching is harder than launching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just with everything, not just podcast, but in general. So it's true. I miss that podcast. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I miss doing it. <laughs> I bet. Um, and oh, were you done? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, I'm done. It's all you. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Stephanie Hudson. I work at Focus WP where we help agencies grow and scale by providing outsourced white label development and video production and copywriting. And now we've got admin tasks too. And we got a really big one coming up next. I can't wait till I can announce that service. So anyway, check us out, focuswp.co. And you can find me hanging out in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. So let's talk images today, guys. I know it's, you know, images are everywhere. They're everything on a website. We've talked a lot about, you know, people that have accessibility issues where we have to handle images that way. But today, mostly what we're going to be talking about is the optimization of them. Do one of you guys want to just tackle a little bit about the why? This isn't really a definition, but I think maybe this falls to oh, Tim. It has to be Let's, Tim. It why is it? Why Tim. is this? I know it does. Why it, is it so if, important that we It's in the this? same realm as definition. It <laughs> it's kind of defining. It's defining the subject for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, setting up the topic. I am going to give a quick definition, though. So image optimization is basically squeezing your images down to be as small as possible without losing quality. And the whole point of it is so that your website loads faster. And so there's different uh, things to do, and we're going to talk about that today. But um, it's not just about getting them physically smaller. It's also about stripping out the unnecessary parts of the photo, because photos have data associated with it. So for example, you take a photo on your smartphone, it's going to have geolocation, it's going to have uh, other things embedded in the photo, like the camera and the lens and blah, blah, blah. All this data is part of the photo that you don't need on a website. And so image optimization plugins that we're going to talk about will strip that out. So there's a few different things to it that we're going to talk about. But basically, the bottom line is you want your website to load fast. Uh, speed is a very important topic today more than ever because um, 
I feel like part of it is because internet connections are, are getting faster and faster. And so people are getting uh, less and less patient. They want your website to load as fast as possible because their internet connection can handle it. And so you need to make sure that you're delivering a website that loads fast. And a huge part of that is making sure the images are optimized. And as Stephanie mentioned, images are a big part of your website. Uh, and arguably the biggest part of your website, not just from a size standpoint, but from a importance standpoint, when you're loading the page, it's the visualizations that you see. And so you need to make sure that they're loading quickly. Now, Tim, I am going to come back at you with those meta tags a little later. Yeah. Just remember that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yes, the other thing I want to say is there's a difference between this, so when we say the size of an image, if you're looking at a physical photograph, the size of it is the measurement of the width and the length or the width and the height. But when we, so si the word size can be misleading. And when we're talking about the mm -hmm. size of an image, we want it to be as small as possible in the actual dimensions, but also the smallest file size possible. And that's mostly what we're gonna be talking about. But for example, in Divi, we've mentioned this many times on the show and on the Elegant Themes website, there's a, there's a cheat sheet for how big things are displayed in each different module, in the columns, in everything. And so we'll put a link to that in the show notes again, but if you go there and learn, that way you don't have to ever have an image that's 5,000 pixels wide. So even if you optimized a 5,000 pixel image down to the slimmest it could be, it's still too big for your use case. So you also wanna make sure that you have it fit where it's going on the website, things like that, right? Do you guys have any tricks for getting that right? Are you talking about getting the dimensions right? Sorry, yeah, I was like trying to sign into know? my YouTube account so that I yeah, could no comment to our, our live chatters. Um, yeah. Sarah, you go ahead first. I, I've been okay. talking a lot already. No, that's right. Um, I like. I probably don't follow the proper rules. So on this, I generally go two thousand pixels at its widest, and then if it's going to be half a screen, a thousand pixels wide. If it's going to be a third of a screen, about eight hundred pixels wide, five hundred pixels wide. I just like eyeball it, which I get is not the most precise way of doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, eyeballs it. <laughs> sometimes I I do that partly because clients aren't fabulous and so if I can give them just a rough like real big ballpark then it means kind of if they're doing a full width they don't have to remember 1920 just 2000 like I just try and make it as simple as possible so I just go 2000 1800 500 they're kind of my rough like this is it I if you want to be really really precise you're going to do better in terms of getting it as optimized as actual possible but I just find it so much harder with clients than that and it's easier just to kind of give them this 2000 guide because in their mind they don't forget it as easy so that's kind of generally what I work off. Danny Green's yeah. got a tip for us. Redux, um, the Redux ruler Chrome extension ooh, measures the boom. space exactly. That's a that's good, good tip. Thanks Danny. Yeah so kind of piggybacking off of, of what Sarah's saying I kind of eyeball or kind of guesstimate too during the design process because I don't consider myself an excellent designer. I'm a kind of a trial and error designer, which is like, mm. I know when it looks good. I, sometimes I don't exactly I relate know to that. what yeah. to do to get it there. But when I see it, I know I like it. So I'm ending up trying and, and try experimenting. Yeah, exactly. And so during the design process, I don't want to take 
all the time or all the steps necessary to make the images as small as possible because I might not end up using that image or I might end up using it in a different way. So I'll kind of ballpark it. Um, I'll, I'll export it, you know, the best way possible. Um, but in terms of size, it's just kind of like ballpark numbers. And then when it comes to optimization, then I go back and resize if necessary and, and stuff like that. So it's almost like optimization is a separate step. And I do that along with all of the optimizations, um, you know, in terms of caching and, and, and uh, script optimization, stuff like that. Um, and so, but in terms of like getting it the right size, it's kind of just like ballpark. So yeah, if I know it's gonna be a blurb, I'm not gonna have it be 2000 pixels wide, um, but I'll just get it, you know, kind of rough and then I'll go back and resize. But yeah. here's, here's a tricky thing too, if we're talking, responsive sites, which obviously we are, yeah. when you've got your, um, so I, I just pulled up my, my list here, my little cheat sheet that I use, and I'm going to, I'm going to scroll down. So like if you've got, um, uh, they have all the different modules and things like that. So if we've got a blurb, I mean a blog module, for example, if you've got, it shows here one column is 550 pixels. So uh, a half a column is 510 pixels, a third column, you know, if you have three columns going across. So it shows how many they are, but here's the trick. And that depends on what you When you go, well, and you can change the layout of it too, but once, if that's the yeah. default. And then once you go to mobile though, it's all one Yeah, but column. they have the responsive versions, right? So they have, like when you upload an image to WordPress in general, um, it will create like five or six different versions of your image. So it can then serve up an appropriate sized image depending on what device you're on. But then Elegant Themes on top of that has like another 10, I think, something like that, um, that it then produces. So when you actually upload an image, you're not even just uploading one image, you're uploading 15 images in some ways because it will upload all these different size versions. And so for the most part, it's really smart. So once you get to a mobile, it doesn't serve up the 2000 pixel wide image. It serves up a smaller version that WordPress and um, Elegant Themes or Divi have is created within your version. And you can then even specify even further if you want it to create additional ones. But then on top of that, if you want to get more techie, you can use the features where you can actually literally serve up a different image if you would like to in Elegant Themes, is, um, sorry, in Dibby's responsive, responsive content. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't yeah, have to do that if you're not wanting to change the image because it's smart enough. And if I remember correctly, that's a more recent update to Divi because I, I think WordPress has been doing that for a long time. And someone correct me in the chat, but uh, maybe a year or two ago, Divi started taking advantage of those different sizes and had truly responsive images uh, because previously, I think it would just resize uh, and not actually serve up the different images. Yeah, right. So. Yep. Okay, so in I'm case not you haven't sure realized that. that this is an incredibly technical topic, there's a lot to it. <laughs> there is a lot to it. I did assume they were serving up the smaller images. So it might be good for us to double check that before I, you know, speak <laughs> out loud. People's. Um, um, I was assuming that it was doing that, but I definitely have chosen to alter the image. Um, and if you didn't know, you can do that. You can choose to serve up a whole different image on mobile if you would prefer to. So the, the thing that we want to look up is the source set, S-R-C-S-E-T. 
That's the technology that was added to actually change that. That is um, August Word, 15, 2019. That was WordPress. Release. Yeah. So Sorry. that's that came that technology though is not a Divi thing. That's not an elegant themes thing. That's like the code elements of building websites that will show the appropriate uh, image size for the screen that you're on, which is huge to have that. Cause if you guys it remember the days and it's amazing because clients can be idiots and upload ridiculous sized images, which we'll get to further down the track. But the fact that WordPress and well, I guess WordPress has created this way that it does serve up alternate images. It really saves all of our butts, but you can still yeah. make it better. So SRC, SET, that's the thing you want to Google if you want to learn more about that particular technology. And I posted so, here in the, the live chat the release from 2019, oh, okay, August, cool. August 15th, when Elegant Themes released that update to take advantage of the source right. set. So um, sorry, go ahead. if you guys are, so now, okay, so we're talking about how to get the images ready. What, what software do you guys use to do that? Photoshop? Yeah, I use yep. Photoshop. And I, I use the, um, the feature that's, what is it, degraded or the, the one that it, it says in brackets is going away. I use that oh, one. And it's, yeah, it's you, going away for like years. And it's like not the bulk going away. optimizer? No, well, no, no. It's, it's, say, it's under export and you, it's legacy. Web. It's legacy. Oh, yeah. You go but to export, save for best. web, legacy. This is what I, this is one of the things Where I wanted to bring up exist. too. Like I don't understand why that would be a legacy thing because you have the little slider where you can slide the quality to see like at which point the image starts to degrade because if you've got um like if you just if you do it just the regular export way where you just pick the file type and you pick like 1 through 10 like you if you have a gradient in your image for example like it's going to need to be a higher quality because though there's so many colors and it has to be to keep that smooth, or if you've got a photographic image of somebody's face versus shapes on a in an image, you know, or vector images, things like that that you're saving um, as a JPEG it's going away. I'll be so surprised if it. I I was really worried when it first came up with legacy. I know, me too. And that was years ago, so I'm kind of like whatever. <laughs> Until I do it goes that. away, I'm still using it. <laughs> and. Tim and I were actually mentioning before the show too about how uh, it seems like Photoshop wants to save everything as a PNG now. And so that's yeah, another like element that we need to take into consideration. What are the file types that we're mm. using to display mm -hmm. on our website? You know, it used to be like if you needed transparency, it would be a GIF. Now nobody uses GIFs anymore for that, just for, you know, memes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. File types is really important because different file types have different sizes. So for example, uh, Stephanie mentioned GIF, which used to be for transparency way back. And then it was used for like quick animations and stuff. Um, but now that's really uh, highly not recommended because uh, GIFs, GIFs, however you want to say it, uh, they're very large. And so you can actually have an HTML5 video that is smaller in size than an animated GIF. And so wow. that's, that's what you should be doing. Yeah, you should use compressed, optimized video opposed to uh, animated GIFs. Um, and I, I, I have broken that rule like 
a thousand times on my own website. Uh, I loved animated gifts because they were so easy to generate to show yeah. something. Um, and yeah, but it's it's considered a no now these days. So that's animated gift. Uh, and then PNG is now the ideal way to show transparency. So if you have an image and you want to like not have a background so that it just like floats on the page. Um, PNG is the way you do that. But if you don't need transparency, then don't use a PNG because PNGs are going to be uh, heavier than the bigger, files. Uh, bigger files than JPEG. So JPEG is like kind of a go-to uh, for exporting. Um, am I missing any? Oh, SVG. Yeah, an SVG. Yeah. That's the most and ideal form of image, but typically that's reserved for any type of logos. like graphic. So yeah, logos, icons, uh, any type of like graphic. More of a vector style because they basically are vector. The way vector images work compared to raster, raster is the flattened images, the JPEGs and PNGs and all of those bitmaps back, if anybody ever even has heard of those at this point, but the, um, the those are just, they are what they are, and they cannot get any bigger without loss of quality. Vectors are basically math. They are shapes based on points and lines and math, so they can get as big as you want them. And this is probably pretty elementary for a lot. I know we got a lot of designers out there and stuff, but just to cover the basis of what we're talking about, an SVG works very similarly. If you open up an S, you can open an SVG file in a code editor, and you can see all the numbers and letters that are just the code that is basically describing what that image is, and then it is rendered in your browser, which is pretty rad. That's why those can come out so crisp and clear um, compared to JPEGs too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, SVGs there's are one, awesome. There's one more too. Don't forget. WebP is kind of yep. the latest standard. Is Was that developed by Google? Um, let us know. It might have, yeah, I think know. it was. I think it was. Because I remember for like, sometimes it's real annoying when you try and like save an image from Google or something like that, it'll like save just the WebP version of it. And it's so obnoxious because you can't. You're like, I, yeah, you're like, I can't steal this image. It's useless. I'm trying to just <laughs> steal this quietly and I can't. <laughs> so WebP, I don't know that much about it, how it works and why it's best, but it is the most optimized form of uh, web images. Um, I do know that if you use WP Rocket or Imagify, uh, and we'll talk more about that, uh, it will convert it automatically and it will automatically have the fallback. So, because WebP isn't fully 100% compatible, um, I think all the major browsers yeah. now support it. It's fully. getting there. It's getting it's there. getting there. And so if you use Imagify and or WP Rocket, it will insert WebP when it's supported well, and then it'll have the fallback. WP Rocket doesn't create the images. So when oh, it first came out, I'm really embarrassed to say I on a really important website, I was like, yeah, we should totally use this WebP thing. So I like turn it on, don't really read all like the fine print. And of course, in the fine print, it says make sure that you create the WebP versions of the images because we're going to try and serve them up. So then I get this like call from my client saying, my whole website's white. All the images have disappeared. And I realized I had never actually like created the WebP versions. I just turned on the setting in WP Rocket. So you don't have to use Imagify, though Imagify is its partner friend plugin. There are yeah. other ones that will create the WebP version, but you do have to actually create it. And it's not something that you create on your computer and then you upload it. Basically, you upload your PNG or your JPEG or whatever. 
and then whatever plugin you choose to install, you can tell it to also additionally create this WebP and then you need to somehow tell your website to serve up where possible the WebP version and the backfall to the PNG or the JPEG. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Actually, not PNG, PNGs don't serve. I think it's only JPEGs, isn't it? Our pal Miro put a link in the chat, you guys, on YouTube here. Um, if you, I'll put it up in case you're watching on Facebook and want to type all that. In. <laughs> uh, this is a link to an announcement on um, WordPress.org yesterday. So this is very current. Oh, nice. It's talking a little bit more about how, like, what WebP does. It says that it is significantly smaller than J the JPEG okay. equivalent yeah, yeah. of an image. It natively, it natively works with source set and lazy loading. I didn't know the lazy loading part, so that's interesting. And then uh, it says now that it's got um, support in all the major browsers, finally. Yeah, so, that's awesome. That so is uh, to clarify, WP Rocket does not create the web P images. I Googled that, Sarah, because I didn't realize that was mm -hmm. the case either. Uh, and it says- didn't believe you, Sarah. Well, I thought maybe that 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 was outdated information, and then they updated it. And now it does. But I googled WP Rocket WebP, and then at the top of the article, it's WP Rocket does not create WebP images for you. You'll but need an additional plugin wah, such wah. as Imagify. So Imagify does create them, and so they no, work hand in hand. Before we jump into those ones, though, we've got some other yes. folks. You do not have to pay. Adobe's ransom to keep your to use their software and to pay that huge monthly fee if you don't want to, you can use other stuff, right? So there yes, is I have some Affinity. Um, mm -hmm. Someone mentioned Affinity in the chat already. That's a paid Gimp. one, I think. Uh, that's uh, David Brown. He uses Affinity. GIMP is still out there. Yeah, you Kyle can go them. to some of these other. Um, you know, there's some online image editors and stuff if you wanted to reduce the quality and things. But for the most part, if you're talking standalone software, those are the big ones. What else do you got? What do you got, Sarah? Uh, well, every, in terms of online, everyone talks about Tiny PNG, and that's what I'll recommend to clients a lot of the time because it's available to everybody. Can you but resize the dimensions of an image on that no, on the website? No, no, that's no. so that's what I'm sort of talking about, like the beforehand, like if you're going to so, do that. So um, JPEG Mini... Pro is one that I use. I think there's a, this is a Mac software, sorry. Um, there's about three different versions of it. I ended up going up to the Pro just so I could do so many at the same time. But it, um, the really nice thing about it is you can tell it the max dimensions. So you can say like, I want it to be max 2000 or whatever. And if you're um, doing, you can just like, you drag and drop on top of it. So you set up your settings. You say, I want it to be like max 2000 pixels. Um, I want it to go to this particular folder. And then you just drag and drop all your photos onto it and it like dump does it. And it just, it does a good job of it. It doesn't do a great job of like, say you had like an 11 pixel image. I would still go to J, uh, to Photoshop first for those kind of ones and then do some sort of bulk optimization. But if you've got an image that's like a meg maybe, or like it's okay, but it's not great. This does just that great job of like tweaking it and it will take out so much and it'll take out all the metadata. It'll take out all the junk you don't need in an image. It does a really good job. And the other one yeah. that I use is called Squash and Squash will convert PNGs into JPEGs. And so it's just this really nice thing of like if you have PNGs but they don't need to be PNGs and you just need them to be a good size JPEG, dump it on top of Squash and it will do a really good job of that as well. So I just have both of those running additionally to... Uh, Photoshop. And I'll often I just run it through out. it just because it does a good job. 
Yeah, it's I mean, super cheap. It's like five dollars or something. Oh, that's nice. Photoshop, I'm used to that. However, it's annoying. It takes a little long to boot up, and it's such a heavy it software, does. which obviously what I mainly use it for is like like scratching the surface of what Photoshop can do. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, so having something more lightweight that will boot up really quick uh, is probably something I should look into getting. These two are great. They're really good, like just great additions to have on your computer as like a quick little tweak of an image have, but again if you've got you an guys, 11 meg image you're going to want to do it a little bit more manually have you guys uh, ever installed extra scripts like extra things into your photoshop to like add on functionality well jpeg mini has an ad addition so you can actually export with jpeg mini for example so yes i've done a few of those but just keep in mind if you have the m1 chip macbook pro which i happen to just buy it doesn't work with that. So some of the scripts don't work with new Photoshop. So this one, I, I had, I ran CS6 basically like into the ground, I think. I don't know. And <laughs> then whenever I got, I upgraded to CC a couple years ago. I never really got this back up and running. I don't know if it does work with CS, uh, with CC or whatever. But this one, it's um, Dr. Brown's Image Processor Pro. It's this horrendous site. <laughs> It's HTTP. It's like like the real narrow down the middle of the content, nothing on the sides, you know, that kind of thing, centered layout. All this stuff. It looks a absolutely ancient. And it's for this modern design software, which is crazy. But he's got all of these things. And I freaking loved this image processor pro because you could, it basically had a bunch of of um, what do they call them? It's the scripts, but it's like auto actions or whatever and it right. it would just do them automatically and it would open up a little interface and you could grab a folder of images and say i want to resize them to no wider than this no taller than this to this resolution to this quality like you could do all this stuff like figure it all out and you then do say that like in photoshop general though with i don't know how to do it in that i've only ever so done it in this thing you have to Wait, teach us how to do it Sarah. i'll do like a tutorial or something because you can teach it the actions and you can even use safer web Sorry. I know, but I, I just never did it. So I never learned it in that. And so now I do them more manually, but oh, it is so great. If you've got a site that has like a million images and you can just say this folder, save them all into this new folder so you don't delete the other ones, boom. And then it just like flashes them all up in front of you and does it. Oh, it's the best. But anyway, on to the, okay. So we talked about like standalone applications. We talked about websites where you can go and upload your image and then download, you know, download the optimized version of it. And now what about plugins on your WordPress site? What do you guys, what do you guys go for? I've used a million of them. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago, uh, talking about, um, we did optimization. So I'm a big proponent of WP rocket and Imagify. Part of that is because I use WP engine for my main site. And WP Rocket is the only caching plugin that WP Engine allows. Um, right. And then I They're was so using bossy. WP Rocket. I know. I was using WP Rocket with WP Smush. But then I was like, you know what? Imagify is tightly integrated with WP Rocket. I'm going to give it a try. And I actually did some speed tests and compare, compared the two against each other. And Imagify's compression is like leaps and bounds ahead of WP Smush um, to the point where I, I was actually seeing 
speed differences on the page. So it wasn't like minimal just looking at individual photos. Mm. Like overall, it actually made the website load faster. Um, so wow, that's cool. Yeah. So I can say with confidence that Imagify is better. I haven't compared it to other ones. I think I've heard people say short pixels better. I don't know. But Imagify works great I think for me. Short and I'm happy pixel with it. and Imagify are pretty similar. Um, yeah. I've used both of them. I like short pixel. Um, they had a deal on AppSumo at some point. I don't know if they still mm -hmm. do. Um, it's a good plugin. And if I didn't have lots of websites, then I probably wouldn't justify Imagify. But because I have lots of websites, Imagify is really cost effective for me. And in terms of it does a really good job. And I could use ShortPixel and everything, but I still prefer Imagify over ShortPixel. But having said that, if I didn't want to spend a whole lot of money, um, then I probably would go with ShortPixel with the AppSumo deal only just to keep it cheaper. They, they, it still does a good job, but I don't know why. Imagify just... I just really, really like it. And I can't. Give I you used like to Magify for a while. And it was like, I paid like five bucks a month, I think, or something. It was really reasonable and you get tons of credits. And <clears throat> I would use it on all my client sites and everything. Just, I would just include that. I, the other one I used to really like was um, EWWW, which I think is a terrible right. name because yeah. it looks like ew. But. Yeah. Uh, but that one was really good too. I haven't used it in a while. We now have a premium short pixel that we use for all our focus <clears throat> maintenance clients and stuff. So it's just the a no brainer. Pixel and Imagify, the reason one. we would recommend those ones is because both of those give you an option to resize images. So they don't yes. all do this. And so that's a really important thing because if you've got clients who, you know, it's all very well to say, okay, well, we're going to optimize them in Photoshop or whatever. And then you hand your website over to your client and they suddenly start uploading three meg images for like a tiny blog post and you're like oh my god what are you doing it's it is going to take up space still in your well it depends on your settings actually because there is a setting to not even keep the original so if you choose to right. turn off that setting then it can upload remove the original and resize it and so generally what i'll do is i'll just give it that i think um imagify is like it has to be 288 wide to 2,880 wide. So it's still like bigger than what you're going to need. But if someone is uploading three meg image, it is going to make a massive difference. It's going to get rid of that three meg image and it's going to bring it down to a much better size. It's still not optimal. It's still not like you're much better off teaching your client how to do it properly. But the reason short pixel or magnify are a good choice or whatever you look for, make sure it has this option because they don't all have this option. I think right. um, smush... A free one doesn't have this option. Smush Pro might have it. But again, I tried Smush Pro and I, I don't think it's as good. Um, but yeah, make sure it's got that option because if your client uploads a ginormous image, you need something on your website that is going to support you. It's not going to do the best job, but it's going to do better than nothing. Right. Um, <clears throat> and Short Pixel will convert to WebP as well. And we'll use that. Nice. It will also do the conversions. For that, speaking of WebP, uh, Aiden Ashby. I don't recognize your name, Aiden. Welcome to welcome to Divi Chat. Um, he says that, well, first he says he loves the podcast. So, I mean, thanks. <laughs> and he says, have you already mentioned WordPress 5.8 is planned to natively support WebP, which we didn't. I don't think I knew that. So that's that's a great little share. Thanks, thanks Aiden. So WebP is a coming, you guys. It's pretty much here. 
upload you want to use or whatever yeah exactly so anyway so that's cool um there's also the the debate is heating up in the live chat you guys photoshop versus affinity you knew it was going to happen if you haven't um, made it to one of our live episodes you're missing out it's a good time in the chat um everybody shares a little bit of extra tips we don't always have time to get to all in fact we almost never have time to get to all of them but there's always a a great little um bit of sharing and learning happening there as well. So we encourage you to try and jump on live if you ever do have the opportunity. Okay, so uh, what's next, you guys? Now we've got, we've talked about the plugins. Do we have other plugins we need to talk about? No, okay. No, I There's something, oh, go ahead. Talking about Imagify, uh, turn on the WebP setting, I think, it's not on by um, default. So you only need to have it on in one place. So if you have Imagify and you have WP Rocket, you it kind of grays out. So it, it helps you a little bit, which is great. But you either do it in one place or the other place. So in Imagify, you say, yes, please create my things. And then you have to run a thing where it like goes through your whole website and recreates all of your WebP versions. And then there's a setting underneath it that says, please serve this up if possible. If you turn that on, it will gray out in WP Rocket. But alternatively, you can turn it on in WP Rocket and not turn it on in Imagify. But you don't need to turn it on in both locations. If it's one yeah, or definitely. The other. That's but a make good sure tip. You, you do turn it on because it doesn't, yes. it's not on by <laughs> default. Because um, it is, yeah, the latest and greatest in terms of image optimization. And it will definitely speed up your website. There's and no reason not to. You can run Imagify and not run WP Rocket. You don't have to run WP Rocket with Imagify. So Imagify has everything built in it that would let you create the WebP and serve the WebP. Um, yeah, so definitely. don't feel like then you have to use WP Rocket if you don't want to. I was just looking at the price of Affinity Pro. It's only $40 in Australian dollars. I don't know what it is elsewhere. But like Photoshop is is <laughs> way more expensive, obviously. Oh, like, like it's that Photoshop per month. Yeah, I think well, if you have if you have like, a full suite, yeah, yeah, yeah it's about twenty like bucks a month if you just get it standalone. Um, but it, that's twenty dollars a month, whereas Affinity Pro is forty bucks up front. So um, that's definitely going to be a better option if you don't have anything and you're kind of looking for something. Then you know, I would if it was Do me it. personally, if I didn't need um, Adobe Suite for other things, I would definitely be jumping in on that. Yeah, Danny just said this in the in the chat too, because others are talking about the price and things like that. And you know, that so, some things they like Mira saying, some things are better in affinity, which I, you know, maybe they are. I, I've never tried it. Danny says though, she uses XD, Premiere Pro, Acrobat, all these things. So if affinity doesn't it. have equivalents for all of those, then it's, it's not going to work for Plus you get her type workflow. Kit. And type kit is freaking amazing because then you can use Adobe fonts on any of your websites. Hmm. I don't I don't know about that. But I um but I agree. I use all of the other software. And at this point, I'm like an old dog that could probably learn a new trick, but I just don't want to. You know, <laughs> just, I, I well, started if you really want Adobe, why? Don't well, because it's every month. It's not like you just own it anymore. Like you got to pay every month. Although I will say if you call them and say you're going to cancel, a lot of times they will knock your price down for the next year or so, which I did not that <laughs> long ago. And I saved a ton of money. Like every time they run a sale, 
make sure you click on their ads so that you get their ad, their sale things because when they run a sale, you can call and say like, give me the sale price and they'll say no. And then you say like, okay, then I quit. I'm going somewhere else. And they'll go, whoa, whoa, maybe. We'll okay, how about for the next year you get out of the sale price and you're like, okay. So that's a fresh little tip right there. And I just want to say like, it's going to make me sound so old, but I started on Photoshop 4. <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys know the number went that low? Photoshop 4. I didn't even like, remember this was, when I started. This was before any letters were involved. It was back when we just counted like normal. Like Photoshop went like <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And Illustrator went the same way. And then all of a sudden it was like Illustrator was at like 11. And Photoshop was at like 6. And then they decided to just switch it and start calling them letters and then it just all got very cs so which old. obviously stands for Christmas. yeah in photoshop 4 by the way you could put a text box in like you could put text in but as soon as you like committed the text as soon as you like hit enter or whatever clicked away that was your text you couldn't change the shape of like the size you could just make it bigger or smaller that was it you couldn't change where the lines broke you couldn't change the Words, nothing. Like it was permanent, which seems <laughs> insane that that was how it was. But like it was so annoying if you'd had a typo and you had to go back and type everything back in again. Yeah, that's fine. Anyway, there's my little grandma confession. Back in my day, <laughs> it used to cost a nickel, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or free if you just would bootleg it, which is. It's my fault and the others of my contemporaries that we are all stuck in this situation now because if all of us wouldn't have been stealing it for all of those years, we wouldn't have to pay subscriptions every month because they stopped making. Yeah. Anyway, guys, the next thing I wanted to talk about is something that <clears throat> we touched on very briefly a few weeks ago, uh, episode 202, we talked about caching and image optimization a bit there. And we were going to talk about a CDN and we didn't get to. And so I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to circle back. And who wants to tell the people what a CDN is? Oh, Tim, <laughs> go. <laughs> so CDN stands for Content Delivery Network. And basically what it is, is when you have website visitors that are coming from all over the world or a lot of different parts of the world, you can serve the heavy parts of your website, such as images, from different geographical locations. Now, taking a step back, a lot of people don't realize that where your actual server is geographically does matter. So if you have visitors in Australia, but your uh, uh, server is in the US, well, it's gonna load longer than if your server was in Australia. And so I never really grasped that until like, I don't know, five years ago, like way too late. Like in my head, it was just like, oh, it's the internet. Like, right, it's everywhere. It's mm -hmm. like so fast that the distance doesn't actually make much of a difference. And that's not true. Distance it's, does. It make does a big feel difference. like that would matter. I mean, it, yeah. It and it's matter, interesting but... because, um, so for me, I use an Australian server, so I have mm -hmm. used many different hosts, and eventually I've landed on. Oh, I've gone blurry. Um, I use an Australian host um, called Kinetics. They're fabulous. Feel free to call them. 
and tell them I sent you there. I've heard good but things. They, they are fabulous. And part of the reason is because they are in Australia. And when I first came to them, because I had been working with WP Engine previously, I had everything set up to go through Cloudflare, which is a CDN. And so I had everything going through Cloudflare. But what you don't really realize is until recently, Cloudflare didn't even have an Australian like location. Now they do, which is great. But still, if I'm serving up from Australia, I'm actually better off if my clients live in Australia and in kind of, you know, the right half of Australia, we're better off not using a CDN because it's going to serve up faster than going to the CDN and then going to people. I think that was my voice. That, that was. Um, so you're better off not having a CDN in that particular example. So I actually tried it. I tested the theory of adding a CDN to one of my clients. It wasn't better and it was costing money. Like we, I went to the paid WP Rocket version to see whether or not it would be better and it wasn't better. However, if you were serving up to a global audience, of course it makes sense because you're going, you don't know where people are going to come and look at, like for Tim's website, he has to be able to be global and he needs people in Australia or India or America or Africa, like wherever they are, they need to be able to see it fast. And that's where the yeah. CDN comes in. So it's a really important question. Who are you, Who is your audience? Because if your audience is local to where your server lives, then it's not necessarily going to benefit you. So yeah. I think that's something that people think CDN is the only way, but I don't think CDN is necessarily always the best choice. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Uh, people think CDN means a fast website, but as Sarah explained, that's only the case if your visitors are all over the place. If it's all in one area, then you don't need a CDN and you're just wasting money, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. With the understanding that your host is serving those files up locally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's part, you have to find a good host, right? Who's not going to overload their servers. If you have a really crappy host, if you're with GoDaddy, for example, then you need a CDN because you the, the server is not going to be doing the work fast enough. But if you choose a really good host who is not overloading their servers, then you can get away without it. But that yeah, actually, WP Rocket's free as well. Um, that's something to, to think about too with hosting is if you are a local business and your, uh, or maybe, yeah, your local business and your visitors are not coming from all over the place, uh, from different countries around the world, um, then you might want to look into your specific hosting companies where their servers are, because you might think, oh, it's a U.S. company, oh, I'm yeah. in the U.S., but a lot of times different hosting companies will have different data centers in different parts of the country or different parts of the world, and so you can actually request that your website be in the data center that is closest to you geographically or closest to your visitors geographically, and so um, sometimes they have that as part of like the sign-up process, like, oh, like where do you want your website uh, hosted uh, geographically, but other times you don't really know, you don't see it, and so you kind of have to do some digging and then potentially have them migrate your site from one server to another. So, Yeah, I think for Australian people, it gets tricky because a lot of the server options for the big companies are Asia Pacific. And so it's not even mm. in Australia. Like, So you're not getting an Australian server when you're choosing like SiteGround or whatever. You're getting like an, a Malaysian server. And you're like, well, that's great, but most of my clients are not in Malaysia. So. Thanks. That is tricky. <clears throat> so what, um, who do you guys use for your CDN? So I use, uh, 
so WP Engine has a partnership with it was Max CDN, and I think Max CDN got bought out by StackPath, or they changed the name or something. Um, Max CDN is now StackPath, um, and the StackPath also coincidentally is who WP Rocket is partnered with for their CDN offer offering. Oh. So if you sign up, and it's a paid add-on to WP Rocket called Rocket CDN. They're just rebranding uh, StackPath. And, and I did not that know too. that. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, that's the one that's I cool. tried on one of my client sites. And I just thought I'll just give it a go for a couple of months to see how it goes. And I got to say, it didn't improve my particular mm. client's website. But having said that, they are local. So that was different. I've always now, used um, Cloudflare. Yeah. It's, so my understanding with the free Cloudflare is that it's sort of like a faux CDN. Is that how you understand that yeah, to yeah. work as well? It doesn't, it doesn't like collect all your photos and then serve up your photos from their CDN, but it does collect a lot more of the information. So if you have a really slow server and you don't have the money to pay for a proper CDN, it's still going to benefit your website. Like when I was on servers that were not in Australia, it made a huge difference to my websites going through the free Cloudflare. So hmm. I definitely think it's worth it if you've got really bad hosting um, or you can't afford uh, that's see um <clears throat> cloudflare is the one i've used the most as well there's also uh i have tried max cdn key cdn is another one so there's a few i know that um amazon has a cdn offering as well as microsoft if those are you know organizations that you are in the camp and of then that may work you know to where their servers are so, oh, Bunny again, CDN too. That's another good one. Thanks, Miro. I forgot. That's a popular one right now. A lot of people are liking that one. Just make sure that th that company happens to have servers also, particularly in your local area. So maybe you, you want the um, you want it to serve your local people, but also just generally around the world. Well, then you want to go for a CDN, but make sure it's also as local as possible because... I, I often find Australia gets a bit stuffed with these things. So just like double check that it is serving your local area as well as the globe. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to Cloudflare, you can actually use Cloudflare alongside uh, more traditional. WP CDN. Engine and WP Rocket and all your other things. <laughs> everybody. Yeah. So I use, I use Cloudflare <laughs> with uh, StackPath, which is set up through uh, WP Engine. Um, so do you yeah. have it going through the cloud as well as the CDN or do you just have it bypass Cloudflare and just use it for DNS? No, I, I have it going through Cloudflare's network too for the security yeah, cool. benefits. Yeah. I think yeah, we should, one of these days soon, one of these weeks soon, we're going to need to do a DNS thing because yeah. I remember when I was starting out uh, with the CDN yeah. kind of thing, and I'm like, okay, well, let me do this free Cloudflare thing. And it's like, well, you have to change your name servers and point them over to that Cloudflare. So I was like, what? I, did that. <laughs> I know. I'm oh like, I don't know if I should do this. Like, that seems very scary. And now, even if I don't need anything, I'm just like, I dump everything to Cloudflare because it's so fast and it works so good and everything. But so I think we might need to have a little conversation about that at some point coming up. But, and guys, let us know in the chat if you think that would be beneficial. But also, um, if you're if you're starting that, if you're in that place and it terrifies you and you're ready to bail, don't bail. Just do it. It'll it'll be it'll be all right. You can trust. It's not so scary. They're, they're pretty good. Kyle already voted yes for that. Um, so, 
Do you guys have anything else to say about CDNs? Because I wanted to touch on one last thing before we wrap up. Nope. Okay. Just, I... just do your testing. Like do speed tests yeah. before, do speed tests after. Right. Like make sure that it's the right fit for you. It's not that big of a deal to undo something like a CDN. It's okay to try things and see how it goes. It's okay to turn Cloudflare on. And like, if you decide Cloudflare is not the right fit for you, you can just turn off the orange cloud and you can still have it going via Cloudflare, but without actually having Cloudflare turned on. So you've still got options, have a go at it. And it's okay if you then choose to revert it. On that site, I tried the one through WP Rocket. I just turned it off. It wasn't a big deal. Like it was worth yeah. a try. I didn't like it. Okay, move on. Yeah. And that note, in terms of testing, so if you are in a place where your website visitors are global and you do want a CDN, make sure you you're testing from different locations. So GT yeah. metrics has different uh, servers that, that you can select. And so yeah. try it from different locations because if you try everything from the same location, then it's not going to make a difference. So, uh, cause yes. the whole thing about a, a CDN really is it automatically money. serves it up to from the server that's closest to the visitor. And so you actually have to test from different locations to see that in effect. Sorry, Sarah, go ahead. I think that's, no, 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 it's fine. I think that's a really important point. If you're testing your website from say Google Page Insights, it, it doesn't give you options to choose where you want to test it from. And so it could give you, like, I know this is not the point of the topic, but it could give you a really bad report because it's testing from, I would assume from America. And the issue is like, that's great if you're, you have an American server and you have American clients. But if you're an Australian who has an Australian server who is serving Australian clients and you test your website through that, you get a really bad score. And it's really important to test somewhere else where it lets you test more locally because I will get massively different scores on Google Page Insights versus GT Metrics from Sydney. So it is really important to make sure that you're aware that some of those tools just go from the one place and you don't get to pick where that one place is. It's very well true. Okay. <clears throat> so the one thing I had promised I would circle back to this, it was something Tim mentioned right in the very beginning, and that is the metadata in your mm. images. So mm. metadata is things, uh, includes things like your, like he said, your, the camera that you're using, the, your geographic location, all of these things. And that if, it depends on your goals for the site, because if you just want to streamline a, an image, yeah, strip all that out. But if you are trying to work on local SEO, like I had a huge project where we went in and specifically inserted metadata into some images so that it would come up more in more Google searches. So that wow. stuff does impact things like search, if those images are located there and it, it shows like if you have an, like uh, a city page on a site, like this business opened a couple offices. So we did a little city page for each location. We put specifically like images, like here's town hall and here's this blah, 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 this park. And, and so it shows Google that you are where you say you are. It all impacts all that. On the flip side of that, if you don't, if it isn't local and you're trying to go for local, get rid of it or change it. You know, don't have things that are flagging for a different city on your local city, stuff like that. So that's just one little thing that I wanted to mention about those um, EXIF tags, E-X-I-F. I'm not sure. I can't remember what that stands for. I used to know it. But um, anyway, and I did a quick little tutorial on how to add that, that data to your images. If anybody wants it, let me know and I'll uh, share it with you. But 
it's a, does that affect normal Google search or only Google image search? I don't know the answer to that specifically, but I do know that it, those that's part of how Google pulls the images up in their image search. I think there's AI as well, but it's also based on some of those uh, that the EXIF data. But what I my understanding of it was also that it verifies, you know, like if you have keywords stuffed on a page, but your whole site isn't about that, Google realizes like, oh yeah, that's not what you're about. But if you're referencing other local businesses, if you're referencing other things about what you're offering, and if you have images that are tagged for local things, like then it's like, okay, I guess they really are where they say they are, you know, so you can, you can use it so that it could then boost your, your rankings and potentially turn you up in local search. So that did not exactly answer your question, but that's my, that's yeah, the no, end that of my. Aiden, Aiden said EXIF stands for exchangeable image file format. Ah, not that that really helps anything, but you know, that's what it <laughs> that, th so it should be EIFF. It should... <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. Exchangeable file image format, maybe? Oh, no. Ex no. Yeah. EX. It's exchangeable. EX image file. Okay. Yeah. Exchangeable image file. That's such a weird thing. But thank you, Aiden, for <laughs> Googling that for me because I couldn't remember. But oh, anyway, yeah, okay, yeah. guys. Also, don't delete it um, for a photographer site. You know, oh, photographer site as well. I wanted to mention that. Yeah. To... Well said. Yeah, because they want to know. They want to know what f-stop you used. It's important. <laughs> What's your shutter speed, bro? Come on, you gotta let them let them know. Uh, all right, guys. Any uh, final thoughts? We want to go around. No, nothing. Wow. <laughs> so um, quiet. I think we tackled it. I mean, we covered all the bases. We covered how to prep your files before you get them onto your site. After you get them onto your site how to tweak them for SEO, even at the end there, a little tip. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you'd give us a little thumbs up. We'd love it if you'd give us a rating. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you're at, if you're on YouTube. I don't know if you can subscribe. I don't think you can. We'll keep sending out the notifications ahead of time though on Facebook and, so that you can click interested and get notified when we're going live usually seven after but you don't want to miss it if we're early at six after like today you know what i'm saying occasionally we're on time like every once in a while guest. i know we, we do try and be we do try and polish it up and be on our best behavior we are gonna have a couple <laughs> more guests coming up guys we've got uh, melissa love coming up in a couple weeks that'll be a good one i know she's got a lot of fans in this crowd uh you know something that we don't mention a lot and i just want to say thanks to our pals miro and carlos they are loyally in the chat, keeping the law and order for us every single week. We appreciate you guys. We're glad that you're here. And uh, we, we appreciate everybody who's here, though. It really is fun. If you can make it to the live chat sometime, that'd be great. And whether you're here live or not, if you want to go to ratethispodcast.com slash chat, you can give us a review. And who knows, maybe we'll even read it on the air and give you a big virtual hug right from here. All right, you guys, I guess that's it for today then. Thanks everybody for being here. We will see you next week 